Welcome again to this week's episode of Discuss All Monsters. I am the inaugural member of the Mamagon fan club, Wyatt. And who is here with me today? Uh, uh, I'm, 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 uh, uh, I'm the Mamagon herself. Uh, <laughs> it's ah. me. Hey, I, I, I've made a special appearance. Uh, 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 it's me, Nikki. <laughs> uh, but, but we also have a third, a third person with us, uh, uh, someone else if you'd like to introduce yourself hi i'm the homework monster do your homework stop listening to podcasts do your homework in silence is better i'm <laughs> slapping my ruler on the table do your homework i'm chris vangelis internet and i'm here to tell you to don't fail your exams or we're throwing you out what hi hello so yes we uh well been a long time in the making we we have uh a very special guest Evangelist, Chris Ho. Uh, I'm so glad to have you on this episode to talk about Godzilla vs. Gigan, also known as Earth Attack Command, Godzilla vs. Gigan, Godzilla on Monster Island, War of the Monsters in the United Kingdom, Galien, the monster of the galaxies attacks the Earth in Spain, huh? Galien, <laughs> the monster of the galaxies attacks again, which is also in Spain. They just reissued it, uh, pretending it was a sequel. Whoa. Uh, Godzilla against the guy again, which is straightforward. Okay, yeah. Earth Objective Mission Apocalypse in France. Uh, Extermination 2025. So that's happening soon. That's in a couple Damn. years. <laughs> Hype for that park. It's about time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Frankenstein's Hellbrood. Now, hang on Germany. a second. Oh, oh. <laughs> Frankenstein again! Every week! <laughs> Godzilla against Frankenstein's Hellbrood. That was the DVD release. Oh my uh, god. Godzilla against the Giants in Italy. There the planet two, of. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> the planet of Godzilla from Belgium. So given a lot of credit, but all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Godzilla against the Giants again in Turkey. Uh, and of course, for like the sixth time, Godzilla, King of the Monsters in Brazil. Whoa! Yet again. Wow. Yeah. I, that, it has been a long time since we've gotten a King of the Monsters poll. Yeah. So that's, that's there it is. So yes, we're, we're talking about the, the sort of divisive Jun Fukuda. Godzilla versus Gigan. Uh, I'll also just throw it out there: the the one I watched by total happenstance, exactly the one I watched when I was a kid on VHS. The oh Godzilla versus Gigan English dub, but without the edits that I read about later today. Ooh, okay. uh, and that happened to be the one that was up on archive.org of all places. Yes. Oh yes. Uh, archive.org is so it's it's a beautiful website. We use it a lot, especially for. Uh, some of the more obscure Toho movies, uh, we're definitely going to be using it for our next episode. Because I had that no movie... idea. I had no <laughs> idea. <laughs> yes. So Ar Archive.org has many, many uh, movies. You know, you can watch Dogura. You can watch Space Amoeba. Uh, all of the Godzilla movies. Rodan, Varane the Unbelievable, if you want. 
I don't know. <laughs> you know. If you have if you have forty five minutes to kill, you're at like a dentist's office and you need something <laughs> yeah. and stuff. You can watch Varane Unbelievable and scare the shit out of people because it's so loud. And so like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you want something louder and more annoying than the dentist's office, watch that movie. Uh, but Chris, we wanted you uh, mostly for your internet personality, but you you also have a bit of a connection to this movie in some regards. So uh, why don't you talk a little bit about this movie and then also give us kind of a rundown of your history of uh, just getting into tokusatsu in general and uh, how you feel about the medium beyond just Godzilla. Yeah, uh, this was the first Godzilla film I ever saw. Uh, when I was a kid, I, I assumed just Godzilla would be my jam because I'd see covers of VHSs everywhere. But the, the first one that I ever found and that my, my, my parents bought for me was... I think, it wasn't in the year, but I think, because I read the Wikipedia page, this was the 1988 mm. VHS release, I think, okay. uh, because it was just called Godzilla vs. Gigan, and it was the English dub, but it also had the blood, and it had the you're a hard bitch line, uh, <laughs> which never, it just kind of rolled off me as a kid, like I never really noticed it, and when I watched it today, I was like, huh, that's a lot to say to hmm. someone's face, Yeah, pretty mean. <laughs> while you're talking to them, uh, <laughs> But yeah, it was the first Godzilla film I saw, and for a while it was the only one I saw, because it was the only one I had. And I know that as a little kid, I spent a while assuming there was some greater canon going on, because, you know, Ghidorah and, and Gigan take off at the end, and I was like, oh damn, Gigan was so cool. I can't wait to see more adventures with him. And then, over the years, I would discover there's like almost no other adventures with Gigan. Yeah, there's one more. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was real hyped to see him when I saw Final Wars with a friend of mine, and I think he looks cool in Final Wars, but he kind of let me down in Final Wars. Yeah, uh, he, he, he's a chump. He's a chump. Yeah, even with the he... chainsaws, like. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'm glad he's dead. Because if you got, like, double chainsaws for hands and you're not cool, then there's something just... We're not compatible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, we can't hang out. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, uh, so as far as Godzilla, um, I'd catch bits and pieces of the Showa era on Space Channel here in Canada now and then. And uh, generally, it, it just would kind of bounce off me a bit. Like, it's fun, but like it, it'd always be like... The, the stuff I liked would be surrounded by stuff that was kind of not vibing with me as much. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and I actually, I think I identified with this film. I think I just, I, Showa era or, or earlier, I think I, I prefer these kind of suits being shrouded in darkness. Like, I really like yeah. the night shots in this. Uh, they, they made yeah. Gigan especially look, look terrifying. Uh, but I, I did end up watching Godzilla, the original, 1954, um, and was surprised. I think it was about 10 years ago when I saw it. I was surprised to find that I was, like, really engaged uh, all the way through. Like, I didn't, you mm. know, pause or anything. And I, I ended up really liking that film. Um, and uh, as I said, you know, I saw Final Wars with a friend of mine, and we both kind of bounced off it. Um, you know, I'll also, I'll always preface, like, because I, I know with, you know, with kaiju folks, there can be a lot of, like, fist fights. Of course. Uh, so, you know, any any of my tastes with this stuff is not meant to really be an indictment of anyone else's. Like, I, I know I'm a bit weird um, with my tastes anyway. My mm -hmm. my favorite film is Survive Style 5+. Go look it up. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I did end up seeing uh, Shin Godzilla in theaters twice during its North American tour, and I adored that one. That, that movie really clicked with me uh, on multiple levels. Not necessarily even just for the, the kaiju elements. I... 
also was legit laughing um, at the uh, opening act. And I, I like I like the pace of that movie a lot, I've discovered over the years. Every time I turn it yeah. on, uh, I just end up watching at least the first 40 minutes before I'm like, wait, I was going to watch this for fun for like five minutes before I went to do something, and it's 40 minutes later, I have to go do something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I, I like that film a lot. And then and after that, like going into Tokusatsu, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up in the Power Rangers era, so I saw a lot of that. And then um, one day... Uh, when I was visiting my brother in Toronto at Suspect Video, uh, I saw a, I think it was a VHS, I'm not, I think it was a VHS, but it was a subtitled disc of Kamen Rider Zeto. Oh, yes. And, uh, <laughs> that was that was my first Kamen Rider thing I ever saw. And yeah. then after I watched that, I was like, damn, that was cool. And that was around about the time when you could find three subtitled episodes of Ryuki, which was airing um, when I mm. was getting into all this. Um Beforehand, like basically, it was kind of like a combination of Ryuki and Hurricaner that really pulled me in. Uh, Good year, nice. yeah. It was it was fun, and and Ryuki uh, really caught me. Uh, and then I basically was there when TV Nihon started doing subtitles out of their IRC channel because that's where I was getting all my raw stuff. And you know, those three episodes of Ryuki or the the handful of subtitled things that would be floating around along mm. with lots of raws. So um, that pretty much that's that's about it. Like other, I've been watching Toku since uh, Ryuki and Hurricaner were on the air. I've been watching fan subs since I'm pretty sure most of them existed. Like I haven't watched every fan sub. I'm not I'm not comprehensive enough to keep up with everything like that. Yeah. But, uh, I've watched almost every Rider series around about as it was coming out. Um, I, I still haven't watched Wizard, and I've only watched two thirds of Ghosts. Not out of mm-hmm. any like negativity, I should add. It's just like that's yeah. that's how it panned out. Um, and some writer shows I've watched in the years they were airing, but there would be like three month blocks where I left it alone, then then did like a fun binge over a weekend. Um, but yeah, that that's that's a roundabout's like my relationship with with the medium, and I I, I like it a lot uh, for various reasons I can go on about forever. But like one of the main things I enjoy about it is that it's a really fun crisscross of imagination with reality that is always like best delivered when the way I put it is when it's, it's delivered with a straight face. Like when, even if the effects are a little bit goofy, like everyone on screen is, is um, involved and invested in what's yeah, happening. Yeah. It's total uh, full conviction about probably like the, the dumbest stuff ever, but like it, it just, they sell it. They sell it so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it crisscrosses um, because it's live action. It has its faults often specifically because it's live action. But then it leads to these glorious um, things that can happen, like, uh, primarily just in Japan, but, like, there can be a, a man in a common Rider suit walk up to a kid, and to that kid, this is literally a superhero. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and there's no there's no strings attached. There's no, like, you know, oh, it's, it's kind of a rubbery Iron Man, or, you know, oh, it's Spider-Man, but, you know, he clearly has, like, you know, some, some stuff in the suit that usually wouldn't mm-hmm. be there and with special effects with tokusatsu suits often it's like you know especially with Kamen Rider and, and Ultraman and, and Sentai they're literally colorful superheroes for the youngest of minds and so the youngest of minds like give them a sense of reality in person that like I don't know there's, there's something magical about it whenever you yeah. see footage of that stuff yeah 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 for sure um on on your point back on uh uh, talking about Godzilla and stuff, I just want to mention and stuff. Uh, don't worry too much about about people <laughs> possibly, uh, you know, uh, 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 
uh, having revulsion to any takes you might have and stuff because we're the show that praised uh, Godzilla's revenge and uh, and Ebira and stuff. So like, just just we we have a track record of taking the the maligned uh, uh, Godzilla movies and being just like, <laughs> no, these were you guys are wrong yeah. about this one. <laughs> and I, I'll and admit I think... also that one of the first search results when I googled Godzilla versus Gigan was a Reddit thread saying, "Why does everyone hate Godzilla versus Gigan?" Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oof. Oops. Yeah, uh -oh. <laughs> hmm, but maybe we'll have who know. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll have a different opinion. I I'll say, uh, you know, Chris. The first thing that drew me to you as a, a content creator was like pretty early on on YouTube, like 2008, whenever Transformers Animated was airing, and you were doing toy reviews of Transformers Animated, and I was. Like, I'm a lot younger than you. I was 13 at the time, you know? So, like, I did not have an income to buy these Transformers animated uh, toys. But yeah. I was just, like, I just wanted to live vicariously through somebody else that had them and be like, whoa, it would be so cool if I had that Blitzwing. I just tuck uh, my collar and say, like, I didn't really have the income to be doing that either. So. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> oh, well, yeah, no, I don't. Still. Uh but it's gone so far as to, uh, like, you know, I have, like, a, a weird amount of faith in your own, like, your personal opinion on some Transformers stuff. So, like, when I watched Cyberverse, uh, and I did not like the first season of Cyberverse, and I just wrote it off, but then you were talking about, like, the later seasons uh, and talking about how great things get... I became more and more interested and watched it and gave it a chance. And then, you know, second and third season of Cyberverse are like some of the best things to come out of the Transformers franchise. You know, uh, I'll stake my claim right there. So fun. The toys are a little flawed, but I, I have them because, you know, I have RC and Grimlock because I like those characters so much in the show. Oh, yeah. You know, so. I mean, I, I bought Wild Wheel. Who's like a you know and and rock, wild wheel rack and ruin uh, clobber? Yeah, I got those toys primarily because like they're like they're not like astonishing. Although you know rack and ruin and and, and clobber are, are pretty solid either way. But like yeah, it's the only figures that those characters are going to get in my opinion. Yes. So we're, we're, like you know slight tangent. Transformers is in a weird place where it's kids media. Uh, no longer gets really collector oriented toys because yeah. that's be collector oriented Transformers. The you know the the older fan dream happened like a decade ago and those split off to be their own thing and then you know a decade later you start going you know maybe this maybe it would have been cool if the, there was just collector oriented stuff from the kids media again because yeah now now I like you know go back five years six years like I'm still real sour that the the rid 2015 stunticons were an amazing set of robot designs and they got like one and a half toys yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's you know, hopefully the other shoe will drop, uh, you know, but I agree with you. I think this is kind of what I want to talk about is that with Tokusatsu and with and Transformers and everything, uh, I think what really keeps uh, a man-child like myself invested is that I, I actually do like it being for kids. Like, yeah. the limitations mm -hmm. that come with that, because I think that kids are way, way smarter and more emotionally, you know, full than anybody is willing to give them credit for, you know, uh, I would absolutely say that a kid could watch a show like, 
you know, like Kamen Rider Fies and be mm. able to come away with it with a, a, a nuanced or maybe not like a super nuanced opinion, but they would be able to come away with it understanding like, oh, Kusaka is like this and Takumi yeah, is like yeah. that, you know? Uh, and and, and like same... technic- technically that show was for kids who'd be buying it was. toys. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. So yeah. That, that, yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying is that yeah. like adults engage with it so much that they forget that this stuff is for kids. So, you know, you, you end up getting to stuff like build where it ends up tackling like these darker themes, but then people are like, Oh, but it's so goofy that he's like shaking bottles and cranking a thing. And it's saying things out loud. I'm like, this is still, it's still a kid's show, but the fact that the show like takes its audience and itself seriously, it doesn't treat it as lesser because of that is uh like there's an attractiveness to that and i feel like that's the same with transformers where like i'm not super crazy about the adult oriented transformers shows or anything like those god-awful machinima shows on youtube or (laughs) you know are they still on youtube like i never kept up like they were flying all over the place for a while yeah well i they i think they are i have no idea actually i'm not sure what the state of machinima is but i remember watching them when they came out and yeah they're terrible, uh, but <laughs> but I still you know, gotta finish Power of the Primes because I I watch half of it and it's worse if I don't finish it. Because <laughs> why did I watch half of it? Yeah, you know, yeah, go ahead, yeah. watch it, get and you know, yeah, uh, <laughs> suffer suffer along with the rest of everybody. But always feel bad for a lot of the really good actors who yeah like gave real good performances. Yeah, in... like the Megatron is like weirdly super good in the machinima thing uh but yeah either way yeah. you know i just I, I was gonna say i feel like this sort of also cycles back to showa godzilla because like you know I, I i'm probably among the folks who has trouble getting into the vibe of showa godzilla because it got a lot you know goofier in in a lot of respects but yeah clearly it was also in a way that was resonating with kids like i know as a little kid i thought it was super cool that godzilla was actually friendly and going to fight these evil space aliens yeah, uh, and and I've, I'm I'm sure that like that's that's kind of part of that's kind of part of that era is like let's let's create a hopeful presence, uh, and and you know it's kind of weird that that comes off of yeah. what the '54 movie was, but yeah, uh, um, s- something that, that I feel like we've hammered on like uh, uh, over the course of the show up to this point is uh, uh, how cool it is that that uh, Toho kind of took the original Godzilla which was a metaphor for a very specific horrific thing uh that happened and it's like it's like kind of the 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 overarching arc of the Godzilla series in the Showa era is them like almost taking that reclaiming it and repurposing it and turning it into something positive and yeah. uh 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 weirdly enough son of Godzilla seems to be like the big like that is like the event horizon where they where it shifts and it becomes something very different and uh uh uh, now we're now we're you know uh, this deep into it and stuff, going toward the end of the Showa era and then Godzilla's in a very different place, but it, but it still feels right. It still feels just as people that have just like watched through it like consecutively through like uh, 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 in in the order they were released and stuff. It's very interesting seeing like it and it it, it just makes sense for the character. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 very much in that same vein. I would say yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, media media is always going to be a thing of its time um, mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, and and I think that's that's kind of part of enjoying older media is like, this this movie has has tons of imagery. Like I when I double checked the year it was made, I was like, oh, this explains so much because as a kid I didn't understand um, like some of the some of the even the costuming aesthetics, uh, but like the sets, like the, the friggin' hippie dude, um, mm. like <laughs> yeah. that stuff is all like that's nineteen that's early seventies as hell, and I'm down with this. Uh, yeah, and, uh, I'll throw one 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 more out there for the common rider folks. Like like Forze, which I, I I really like Forze, but Forze is also a product of its time. That that was a year of healing for Japan, and Forze yeah. was a show that was a year of healing uh, in a lot of ways. Absolutely, uh, it worked out well that Forze and O's kind of came out around that time because of you know O's is a very positive like happy show it gets you know it, it touches on it, it, has gets, it gets a little intense yeah but but yeah but but, it, but like it's still overall a very like it's like the the light-hearted ska version of kuga you know uh yeah. whereas uh, like forza is just straight up it feels like yeah response to everything um so you know if Forze and Shin Godzilla are my Fukushima disaster like <laughs> medias in my mind, <laughs> yeah, the, the the duology of self there. Uh, yeah. So I want to before we get into the history, uh, we haven't actually said. I, I want what is the general like very base reaction to this movie, and then we can go into it later. But what is your like? First impression, general reaction. How do you feel about this movie? Nikki, we'll start with you. Um, I think the first thing I thought of when I finished this movie, and this is kind of mainly just talking as someone that's been doing this podcast for, for this long and talking about all these movies and uh, us having a certain arc with this director, uh, this is probably, like, the most Jun Fukuda movie, I would say. Like, like I feel Ooh. like it's got... Like the 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 cast of characters that are that are very kind of fun to watch and bounce off of each other. It's got it's got this uh, 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 lighthearted tone. It has a uh, um that that slowly does transform and stuff. So like um I don't know. It's it's kind of uh, I guess I'm figuring this out in real time and stuff. But I I think it is yeah. in some respects uh, Jun Fukuda's most Jun Fukuda Godzilla movie uh, to this point. But also, uh, uh, it seems it, like it's kind of his most ambitious too. It feels like he's really going for it, uh, and uh, uh, I really love that about it. And uh, uh, this is also like one of the better looking Godzillas uh, up to this point too. Uh, uh, I remember we 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 were really uh, raving about the Son of Godzilla like transfer on the Criterion's and yeah, stuff, and I think yeah. this one is similar similarly like beautiful and just looks great. Uh, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll get into to, to some of my deeper thoughts about its pizzazz and all that stuff uh, later. But uh, yeah, one of you guys can can give your little impression. <laughs> Chris, how about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I I did not remember a lot of the movie from when I was a kid, so there was a lot of you know, there was a lot of like old neurons firing off while I was watching it, and mm-hmm. uh, I actually really enjoyed the the basic story of it more than I thought I would. Like, it was actually kind of fun. Yeah. Um, that like you know, literal literal cockroaches from another planet who took over after <laughs> that planet's humans killed themselves off, and it's like this is kind of neat. And I and I I like the way that that those uh, the two actors playing the you know the chairman and the secretary, uh, 
through the English dub, granted for me, but I like I liked how they they portrayed that that kind of role, um, and and suit wise, like like I was the the night shots were were a joy to watch, like for the era for me. Um, although at the end of it, I was kind of like you know, not that I didn't like those parts, I almost wonder what this movie would be like if it wasn't a Godzilla movie, and instead was just about the alien invaders. Yeah. Uh, that's a that is a very good point, and I think that that's a, you know, to me that's that's kind of my my base opinion is that I think like Jun Fukuda is actually maybe so good at writing characters in these Godzilla movies that it almost like obsoletes Godzilla, you know, <laughs> where like he's not it's not bad. It's not like there's, Oh, we don't need Godzilla, but there, there was a lot of like, ah, this just feels like business as usual. You know, this just feels like it's kind of spinning its wheels in a lot of way when, right. when Godzilla and stuff shows up, there's some yeah. twists and turns uh, to the formula and there's some surprising moments, but you know, uh, otherwise it is just like, a, okay, this movie, like this kind of had to happen have it end not nearly as perfunctorily as our the the last movie we recorded not the last episode which was space amoeba which had a, a very dumb ending <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't quite to that level yeah uh, uh, but but i will say yeah. that i agree with you that it's not only the most jun fukuda jun fukuda movie but it's the most ishiro honda jun fukuda mm, movie yeah yeah um, yeah Get into uh, more detail about what the hell that means later. But. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely this is definitely like well within the era where I think where we have been discussing where where we think Jun Fukuda actually outpaces Honda toward the towards the end of Showa and actually like kind of uh, uh, I don't know is batting a better average with these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 again, we'll get into it later and everything. But I, I will mention this stuff uh, the the wheel spinning quality and stuff. I I, I will I feel like it, it is worth mentioning. I feel like. Most things would feel like wheels would feel like wheel spinning, uh, uh, coming right after Hedera. Yeah, <laughs> that's Hedera, true. Hedera is completely unhinged and so good and so cool, and that like uh, uh, I feel like anything having to follow up after that is just like uh, uh it's it's a very hard act to follow. So absolutely uh, to, to throw in to throw in the outsider take like having just come into mm-hmm. this film on its own. I think it was a little wheel spinny in some of the monster segments. Like, yeah. It, it, it felt like we're supposed to do this this way, in a way. Um, yeah, yeah. I would say particularly when you look at Anguirus coming to shore and then leaving. Yeah. Followed <laughs> by Godzilla and Anguirus coming to shore. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like, this yeah. feels really weirdly mechanical, how the, the JDF, I assume, are reacting to the situation and it's odd and it's weird and it's also yeah. making me want to know what's going on with the human characters that i'm slightly more invested in right now yeah yeah absolutely uh, uh i agree that that is a weird section but maybe we can glean some info or context through the history that i've compiled yeah so, let's get started the beloved but only by us, Jun Fukuda returns to the silver screen with Godzilla vs. Gigan, a film made at a continuing low point for Toho budgetarily and Japan as a whole after a rash of firings in the company and restructuring in the wake of the previous two movies. It was originally planned to be a Royal Rumble. Three space monsters, Ghidorah, 
the new monster Gigan, and the soon to hit the stage Megalon versus oh. Godzilla and Giris and the statue of an Incan god that would come to life later in the movie. Whoa! <laughs> Where is that movie? Whoa! Well, we got this tower. It has a laser in it. <laughs> so, Shinichi Sekizawa went ahead and rewrote this idea to involve Godzilla Angerus and our good old friend Varan fighting against Ghidorah, no Gigan, and a different monster that was named Mogu. That would bury underground, and it was presumably folded into Megalon. Obviously, this all would have ruled, but the money hammer came down on them and cuts had to be made, scaling down the conflict to a two-on-two and shifting the marketing away from Ghidorah as the main threat to Gigan. With the low budget came a lot of low budget filmmaking tactics. Like with all monsters attack before it, this movie is lousy with stock music and stock footage. Most of which did, they didn't even try to match up. Uh, several different Godzilla suits, day for night abuse, the hell and back, repeated generic footage of buildings exploding. You could really feel the lack of A.G. Subaraya's touch in this mm. one. Most notably, Subaraya always insisted on keeping the violence in the movies at a PG level. No blood, no gore, even from the monsters. But, well, he's fucking dead. And it's the 70s, baby. It's ground grindhouse time. Turn that bright red group up, goop up to maximum. <sighs> Gigan is one of the oddest monsters, design-wise in the whole Toho Monsterverse, so it's just as well that the conception is equally bizarre and cobbled together. Gigan itself was designed by shonen magazine artist Takeyoshi Mizuki, wanting a more distinct monster than the ones that were created thus far for the movies. Mizuki took inspiration from Birds of Prey and Geese for their sharp, toothy beaks. Geese are demons, so so that's perfectly understandable. Yeah, (laughs) The, The Ultraman... Alien Baltan was also a huge influence. Mm, the oh iconic yeah. hooks of Gigan being based on Baltan's claws. The visor was made to resemble the sunglasses of actor Yujiro Ishihara, whom played a sunglasses-wearing character in the 1959 film The Echoes of Love, in which Mizuki was a fan. The name Gigan came from a nickname for Ishihara as well, Naisugai. You add the monstery Gan to the end and bam, Guy Gan is born. So the Mamagon stuff was like a meta joke? <laughs> I think so. I kind of dig that. Se- Sekizawa is like really good. Like, like, like he's, he's always on some stuff. Yeah. Probably the saddest fact regarding the movie is that it's the final time that Haruo Nakajima officially donned the Godzilla suit mm. for a movie. Even by the 70s. He was not only getting older, but no doubt was suffering adverse effects from the truly ghoulish amount of pain and torment he was put through during his entire career of nearly 20 years trapped inside of rubber hell. So long, Haruo. It was you who put the god in Godzilla. (laughs) The film had been maligned by Godzilla fans for years for its slower pace, stock footage, frankly kind of bad monster action, and weird tone as well as the abuse of stock footage. But 
if 20-something episodes of this show has taught you one thing, it's that we are often the weirdos that turn out to like these traditionally thought of as bad movies. Will this one be the same as those before? So, Nikki. Yeah. Why don't you get us started and we can talk about our feelings on Godzilla vs. Gaigan. So, yeah, um... I, I just gotta say, I love the way this movie starts. Uh, uh, we're, we're, like, we're not gonna go just straight, like, bullet point by bullet point through the plot. But I just love that it starts with, like, manga happening yeah. at you. It's so very good. striking. It's a very, it's a very good stylish <laughs> touch. And I feel like, uh, um, uh, it, it's a good tone setter for the movie, especially for the human plot. Uh, and I think particularly, probably, um, one of my favorite things, if not my favorite thing about this movie... Uh, and this is and this is almost wild to say because rarely do these movies have like traditional main characters, and rarely are they charismatic enough to make me like super like I don't know, just to make me like uh, uh, regard them as as like the best part of the movie. But I think the main character in this movie is such a damn weirdo. Like, oh yeah, that that like he, he's so endearing to me. I love this guy. Yeah. Uh, 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 between him and like uh, the 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 family and and Hedera and uh, uh, all monsters attacks uh, uh, like little kid, I feel like we've been like really doing well in these mainline Godzilla movies with like having main casts that are just like stellar, that like like really really fun stuff. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's my first yeah. <laughs> thought there. Yeah, <laughs> I I, yeah. I I was like I I mentioned before like I I was shockingly invested in the entire cast of human characters and I, I was sort of enjoying how a lot of the wonkier action or like weirder actions they were taking kind of worked because because the the antagonists were also so weird that it felt like no this is like the antagonists aren't noticing this because they're weird cockroaches in human skin suits so yeah. like this this all kind of plays and they all feel like cartoon characters but like in a really well delivered way uh and I also want to say, like, I think the costuming and the sets, uh, especially, um, is it Gengo is, is the, the manga artist's yes. name? Yeah. Mm. His, his studio? Like, I want that. Like, with that yeah. big, like, whatever, 21 window door and the, the, the all the colors everywhere. Like, it was really cool to look at. Uh, I, I, I really dug that opening chunk of the movie. Like I was actually, when the, when Anguirus starts coming into the shore, I was checking the timeline and I was like, you know, I was, I didn't think that much time had gone by. Like that was mm. really fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, the beginning, it starts out really with a bang. Uh, and I love, you know, it, it begins with this, uh, uh, manga version of like a monster attacking. And then the punchline being that he hadn't drawn the monster yet. And then we get an introduction to this guy's insanely shitty monsters that he comes yeah. up with. <laughs> Shukura and Mamagon. So the homework monster and the strict mother yeah, yeah. monster. Though, though I have yeah. to say, uh, like, fucking, this is, this is, uh, 72, this movie came out. This is, this is really like a peek into the future of, of, of Toei just picking up, picking up this shit with Super Sentai and running with yeah, it. Yeah, that's so, true. Like, like, in, the, in the future, in the coming yeah, decades. Yeah, the, the I kept having to recheck the year too, because I was I was like, Common Rider is like new when this movie is happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and like, and this was seventy two, right? Like this was before this was before Go Ranger, right? Like, am I yeah, yeah. Go, Go Ranger is seventy five, so so it's it's a yeah. while out. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's just it's it it's it has a lot of that kind of life and vibe to it, which you know, as I was watching it was also making me like kind of put more thoughts together on what Showa Godzilla is as well. I didn't realize just from that intro like how dire straits were with with Toho at the time because that also like that actually to me elevates that opening act a whole lot like just how good a kind of goofy kids sci-fi adventure they were putting together. Absolutely. Uh, I I think like they had become like masters at producing films that are very low budget at that point after doing it for so long cuz uh Japan had been in uh, like in and out of recession since I mean since World War II uh but especially since the original Godzilla movie you know the the 20 or so years like a little under 20 years of time that we've covered thus far has been like mostly valleys and a few peaks as far as it uh, budgetarily and then of course at the end of the 70s uh is when the big economic boom happens you know, and then you get the absurdly gorgeous-looking '80s Godzilla movies. Uh, but before then, you know, they really had to learn how to crunch, and they've like perfected making cheap movies, uh, and they, they look good. Like I still, I mean, we talked about it, but that like the transfers look great on uh, places like HBO Max or the Criterion Channel where you can watch it. Uh, the, those are are great transfers. And, you know, uh, the, the the movies still hold up content-wise because they kind of, like, Jim Fukuda especially really zeroes in on, like, making compelling stories besides the monsters that don't necessarily rely on the monsters. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think the only real thing that, is, like, in 2021 that's, like, hard, like, that is hard to process that you kind of have to process is that a, a pack of decoy cigarettes would work. Yeah, <laughs> like you can just hand someone a pack of decoy cigarettes, and they'd probably carry it into their home and start smoking them. Uh, like that—that's kind of the only object of its time thing. Like even the fashion looks almost modern retro, like mm. in how bold and colorful it is. Um, like, like yeah, just for sure. like that. The the I, I call it the Mamagon shirt, which is maybe being unfair in character. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> so good, but that that shirt is so cool. Like this, the the white and red diamonds, like it's so bold. God, and, absolutely. And that moment just killed me of, of her like looking at it and being like, "You see a resemblance," and so I'm like like just it's it's so it's so well delivered. It's 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 great. Um, and uh, I I have to say too, uh, this is uh. The, the the sort of a uh, uh, alien invader plot is um, a dime a dozen with 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 Godzilla movies yeah. it, and especially yeah. with this podcast because we've also covered the Mysterians and and uh, 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 just just space amoeba, space amoeba and... just so many so many space movies and uh, I have to say this is some of the like the upper crust of of uh, the invader plots because. Uh, 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 they give like an extra dimension to it with uh, with uh, like kind of explaining where the bodies came from, and uh, like yeah. that that whole thing I think really added to it for me. And also, uh, I don't know they 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 kind of act like people and stuff. I feel like the the, the usual uh, the usual angle that they go with for the aliens in these movies. Uh, uh, typically boils down to like, oh, it's, you know, kind of hive mind type stuff. Oh, they're all kind of robotic, you know, uh, like just that type of thing. And, and, and it, and it rarely makes for something truly engaging. 
Uh, but here, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I feel like these guys are actually like a like a, a better version of that. Like, and I think it's the first time Jun Fukuda's done his version of that. So, so that that's a pretty big like like yes. uh, like check mark in his favor for me and stuff. It's like, oh no, he's doing the thing that Ashiro Honda's done like six times and is like <laughs> nailing it. Because uh, uh, yeah, I'm interested. Because I care. Uh, uh, no, no disrespect to Honda. And so in, in like the same year, he directed some, some of the best episodes of Return of Ultraman and stuff. It's just these Toho movies. I feel like he was just burnt out, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, uh, another thing about Honda is that, uh, Mirror Man first mm-hmm. episode of that premiered alongside this movie. So. Oh, that makes Man, a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the timing of this movie, like, like the more I think about it, because you know, I the last time I saw this film, I was not only barely developed as a human, but like I didn't even know what Tokusatsu <laughs> was. Yeah, and, like, like its place in the timeline is so like it's such a, a gemstone moment when this movie happens. Like, it's such an odd artifact. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I mean, also I also want to give a shout out to those alien invaders because I I adore the way that they like you know something's up but I like the way they delivered it where you have this man give this heartfelt but like really awkward speech about peace mm-hmm. uh, yes <laughs> and then the, and then one scene later you meet the CEO or the chairman and you're like oh no no these no this isn't good that dude's chair is a globe. And, yeah, <laughs> and he's and he's just doing weird math, and he's talking to this random manga artist, as though this manga artist thinks it's completely normal that uh, we talk about peace all the time and we have secret tapes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I like how the villains kind of like are not good at hiding who they are the moment you talk to them for more than five minutes. Like something yeah. about that is really endearing to me. <laughs> and, and, but but like, it's it's on both ends where like the main character is also a weirdo. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and like so, they're and like, they're not like confused. They're like turned off by this fucking goober that they got to draw up, pl- like to draw monsters. The, you... And then every time he shows up, they're like, "Why are you here?" And then he's like, "Well, you you hired me." But but then also he shows up like three times a day, sometimes in the middle of the night with a hard hat on, and it's just yeah. like, "Yeah, what's no? I'm here for the drawings." And then the aliens are always like. Oh yes, the drawings. You're right. <laughs> That's why we hired you. I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's like he's it's like he's tricking video game characters or like yeah. like, like they they have scripting. <laughs> yeah, I I just love it because you know, look, I know taste is subjective, but I think objectively, Shukura and Mamagon suck. <laughs> like they're not supposed to be cool monsters. No, yeah. though I I love that he has a backstory as to like why Shukura exists. Yeah. Because like, oh, the, the <laughs> conscious, the, the psychic consciousness of children floated into space and manifested as their hatred of homework. I, I love that that editor he's talking to is like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's really lousy. That's <laughs> Get out. Oh God. Yeah. Oh man. It, it, and like for me personally, just as such like a, like a, like a, like a diehard fan of like of like manga and like someone that's like 
I don't know. What the, I, I feel like I, I, I should almost have like a degree in Shonen Jump at this point and stuff just because of so yeah. much, how much brain power I, feed, uh, I put into it and stuff. Seeing that kind of thing, like even if it's just like a small snippet of the movie, I was like, ah, yeah, okay, I'm sold. I'm in. Let's go. And so like, I love, <laughs> like I, I, I'm, I'm interested in this guy. Uh, I just love how much of like a, of like a weird, like. Uh, he's an anti-hero, but not in, like in the in the shadow of the hedgehog way. But like, but like in the like, like why is this guy the hero of this movie thing? Yeah. Like, like it, it is like <laughs> yeah. he. Uh, uh, I love that he gets intimidated by the guy, like, 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 uh, pointing a quote-unquote gun to his back, and he faints, and it's just a corn yeah. cob and some tin foil. <laughs> yeah, and then they freaking carry him back to his apartment. Oh, uh, the the one other shout out I want to give to those to those aliens, mm. and I think this is a this is maybe an unintended masterstroke, but it it it's a perfect topper. Is that one of them is in his I I assume one of them is in his like forties, and one of them is seventeen, and these aliens decided the seventeen year old should be portrayed as the chairman yeah. of the company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 then when that when that that actor I really like I think that actor was understated the guy playing the chairman like yeah. when he looks up from the equations or like, his facial expressions were so perfect of like oh. I'm supposed to be uh you know a kid in a high school uniform possibly you know like like you know yelling insults of people or something but I'm like trying to carry myself as a great uh, intellectual and it's like you you have a baby face. <laughs> yeah. so, it was so perfect. It's like these aliens, like just they mixed up who was supposed to be. Yeah, who. yeah. They uh, they, uh, they put their two little cockroach heads together, and they didn't come up with very much. And, and but but they really <laughs> tried. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it it makes their death scene actually like really hit with me well yeah, too. Where you're yeah. like, you're like no, these two actually like they thought they were re- like it, like the between the death scene and the way that they proclaim like no, we're searching for perfect peace for our people. It's. <laughs> It's going to be wonderful, a utopia for our people. I don't understand why you guys don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> and like, then they're both they, they dying have... in a fire, and they're like, this was going so well. It's like, <laughs> but it wasn't. They they sent an elevator of TNT up, and you shot it. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they have, like, an altruistic motive, but it's also a selfish one. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think it's more, I don't know, there's something weirdly more like realistic and sympathetic about that compared to the like myriad of different alien invaders that are like, Oh, we've come here to colonize your feeble planet and, you know, make humans subservient to us. Cause they're not like, I don't know. They don't have like malice against humans. They don't want to like make them serve them or do anything. They're just like, no, 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 we don't care about you. You are all going to die. Yeah, and then we are going to save ourselves on this like, planet. They're like, this is like on our planet, but on our planet, because we let them die out naturally, the whole planet's screwed over, so we're just going to expedite your extinction, and it's better <laughs> for the planet and better for us. I don't understand what the problem is. Yeah, so this is the second Godzilla movie in a row that has an environmentalist bent to it, which I think is interesting. Yeah. You know, especially yeah. because, like, uh, we discussed this in the Hedera episode a few episodes ago, but... A lot of the environmentalist uh, movement at that point in Japan was because of post-war colonialism happening in Japan, causing like a lot more industry to be created on Japanese soil, mm. uh, and it ended up causing a ton more pollution over the next few decades. 
So they that's why they became like uniquely aware of uh, the climate change and you know pollution, oceans getting filthied and things like that. Uh, and and why like Japan has always been considered like at the forefront of that is because like you know they were they were a quote unquote developed nation that also saw the direct effects of like this specific type of like factory colonialism on their shore. Uh, so like it's it's very interesting that in these children's movies, you know, you can have these direct call-outs to these uh, specific issues that were happening to them. It did uh, make just... me check the year again, because I was like, this feels like a very late 80s, early 90s environmental message, but that's from my, like, very sheltered North American upbringing perspective. Yeah. And and, uh... and I was like, man, like, this is, this, because it made, it made me immediately think of, like, that message that I got as a kid, but as a kid, you know, 20 years plus later. Mm. Um when it For was sure. delivered like it was fresh i don't know <laughs> yeah no you're right like that's exactly that's why it's so interesting is that like god they're drilling this into people's heads that long ago and it's like a it was seen as like a 90s movement for you know to me like as somebody who grew up with like captain planet and things yeah. like that yeah so you know which hey i look captain planet <laughs> has its problems but I love should, Captain Planet. God should damn it, have been so. Tokusatsu. Yeah, <laughs> we. I, I would. I would do anything to make a live action reboot of Captain Planet, a Tokusatsu light show on Cartoon Network. I would like climb any ladder, push push away all of my friends, burn <laughs> all of my bridges <laughs> to make a live action reboot of Captain Planet. That's not. Not a meme, not done ironically or anything. Completely dedicated to retelling the message, uh, 100% earnestly. Then the epilogue um, is also like, man, why was Captain Planet the the linchpin divisive issue that like friggin' burned down bridges? What was up with all those people who were like, if you do this Captain Planet thing, it's over, it's done. <laughs> that tears it. Why we can't do this podcast anymore because you're Captain Planet thing. Anything but Captain Planet. But no, this is over. Uh, the uh, <laughs> yeah, we will do a Captain Planet miniseries at some point. Oh uh, anyway, shit, that'd be so, so good. <laughs> We'll do it as a part of a Hanna Bar babbling. Oh uh, no! Uh, yeah, there you go. That that'll be the name of the miniseries. Uh. Subscribed, <laughs> of course. My name is Jonathan Dunn, and I'm inviting you to listen to Our Three Cents, a weekly podcast where myself and two of my very best gaming chums are counting down our top 100 favourite video games of all time. For all the episodes and information, check out our website, www.our3cents.co.uk. Oh boy, I can't wait for Future History 101 today. I hear Prof Timesworth is going to teach us about World War VI. Gather round, students. It is time to learn. 
Podford University, where history and future are the same class. Available on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere you get podcasts. <laughs> okay, so we talked a lot about the, the people. Uh, is there anything else? Like, I think the only other character I really want to drill in on that I enjoyed is the hippie guy. Yeah, uh, he owns. Didn't talk too much about him. Yeah, that guy fucking owns. It's I love very... they never they never even say really like why he's there. He's yeah. just there. Yeah. It's like, no, and, I, I I'm in a package with with this brother and sister. Like, and they they imply that he is like he's knowledgeable of the aliens. Early in the movie, like he's you know they ask like oh what does the name was does the space hunter nebula oh you yeah know, does that ring a bell to it's like oh no no nothing at all so i think maybe they had it in the script originally because you know uh apparently i didn't talk about this in the the history but the script that was the like godzilla angris varan versus Ghidorah moth or Ghidorah mogu and gigan that script is pretty much the same script as the one that we got here they the monsters were just different yeah or they took two monsters out so i think maybe that version of it had a little bit more story in it uh that explained who the hell this guy was and that uh <laughs> that he had some connection to all of that i'm just gonna assume but... he's like he's like a conspiracy theorist like type of guy or whatever or or, yeah. or he's just he's just really into the, the whole aliens thing and was just like uh, uh, no, I've heard a couple things. <laughs> you know, I've yeah. heard a couple things. I've read some yeah, magazines. Yeah, that, that's you know, eh, might as well be that. Uh, but I think that it would uh, behoove us to talk about the title monster, Gigan. So, how do we feel about Gigan overall as a design, as a monster, and like his utilization uh, in this movie? Um, he he looks amazing and i think that the fact that they shrouded him in darkness and flames a lot left an impression on me as a little kid yeah yeah uh, and it still works like like they there are a lot of beautiful shots of gigan um even some really beautiful action shots of him um like I, I have a whole thing like especially like hearing more about the amount of stock footage in this i have a whole thing i think i could go into about the the pacing of the action but mm -hmm. um gigan is very interesting uh, looking very interesting in what he does. Uh, I think it's actually a cool character um, flaw that Gigan is utterly incapable of winning a fair fight. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like he's he is he's built to just like walk like someone else knocks you over, then he just starts like rolling around on you with a buzzsaw uh, and and slapping you around with hooks and kick like the amount of times he kicks people and things. Uh, with his, his with his little pointy toe. feet, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like, there's a lot about Gigan I find interesting. That like, I think because Gigan's in barely anything, um, it, he sort of was robbed of the ability to have that amount of like monster character building. Yeah, uh, and and you know, especially in Final Wars when it felt like okay, we're really gonna do it with Gigan, and then kind of didn't. Uh, 
I I wish for more Gigan, even though he kind of sucks. He looks yeah. so cool, you know. <laughs> that, yeah, and, I agree. Like uh, he would appear in the Showa era only two once, technically, like canonically, and then again, technically, a second time in Zone Fighter, which is yeah. a which is a TV Tokusatsu by Toho, uh, which had some Godzilla. It had like. Uh, an arc of episodes where Godzilla and Jet Jaguar from the next movie show up and, and help fight like King Ghidorah, Gigan, and, and some other monsters, I believe. Uh, but the only other movie, like basically ever, that he appears in besides Final Wars uh, is the next movie, Godzilla vs. Megalon. And that feels like a weird concession or an artifact of, honestly, I would say the first iteration of this movie, if you remember, had the Incan statue that would turn into a guy. How could I possibly forget? I've been thinking about that this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Is that not too dissimilar from Jet Jaguar? Mm. Oh my god. So, So maybe that script was reworked into the Godzilla vs. Megalon script, and then they just removed one of the monsters, you know, they removed Angerus from the good guys, and they removed Ghidorah from the bad guys. So, like, both of these, if those, if Godzilla vs. Gigan and Godzilla vs. Megalon fused together, we would get the original version that they had planned but could uh, not do because of budget. The Snyder Cut of Godzilla movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right down to probably needing to reshoot like 90% of the thing to get all the suits together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd probably be a way uh, worse movie, too. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to say about about Gigan, something I really like, which which I assume is is a, a real like all over the place talking point for a lot of folks, is I do like that Gigan's stuff draws visible blood, if only because like when you when you're gonna go as far as putting a buzz saw on his stomach, uh, as a kid it really stuck with me. I was like, no, that thing's actually kind of terrifying. Yeah, because yeah. like if you if you walk too close to him, then you're walking into a buzz saw, and that's pretty freaky. Like like I think really with the blood, there's there's like three major blood shots. Two of them I really like. The the one when he flies past Godzilla and there's a spurt. I think is by far the strongest yeah, one for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Um, Ang- Angulus taking it in the face is just brutal, and I think it works. Oh, God, uh, it's actually the one where where Gigan is just like like beating Godzilla's head with hooks until some blood leaks out, which felt a little bit like all right, like this doesn't seem as rough. Like this is making me think too much about the blood, not being like a, a, a dramatic element and more of it just being like yeah. a technical element. Um, but, but those other two blood shots, I think actually work really well for making Gigan have almost a character of being the one that can make him bleed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in that, a way. The, uh, uh, yeah. Like an interesting byproduct of, of Super Aya's kind of like hold on the series and being like, no, we can't do it this way. We have to do it. Uh, we kind of have to keep a cap on the violence and stuff, uh, is that it makes Gigan stand out more. He's, like, super memorable just because he's the, like, this is the one where they did that, where where, where mm. they, they actually got to, to kind of go all out and everything. So uh, uh, it's kind of like a happy accident. Well, not really accident, but, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. happenstance. I think the biggest disappointment uh, with the whole, with the monster situation is that, a, like, Ghidorah is mostly stock footage. Like, most of what he's doing mm. is destruction and his uh, his fighting 
especially with Anguirus, is all from, like, Destroy All Monsters, mm-hmm. uh, this previous movie. So it, it ends up, like, there's only a very few scenes where we actually get to see Ghidorah in this movie interacting with the elements of this movie. There's some great stuff, like when Godzilla's holding him and uh, Anguirus is, like, flinging his, himself into his stomach... Yeah, uh, the the sound effect on that is, I think, really cool. Yeah, like that that's... kind of whoosh noise is like, <laughs> <Yeah>. oh man, <laughs> that that's great. I like, yeah, I think that this movie does a great job of like the the Royal Rumble kind of stuff. It's just, I would say the the weakest element of the monster action, honestly, is how much time they spend on like Ghidorah and Gaiga. It's like ten minutes. Of them just blowing up, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's not—it's not that interesting because it's always shot reverse shot. Like it's never—you barely ever see the actual monster destroying a building because a lot of it is just stock footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Gigan never—they—they they never got Gigan to really do a cool thing either. Is the way I put it. Like he mostly is just slapping and kicking stuff mm-hmm. and somehow looking ineffectual kind of given like what his arms are and then yeah. and then they have one scene where he tries to where he's you know he's using the buzzsaw but like all it does he cuts a tiny slit on the side of a building and i'm yeah, like i don't should... like you were doing more kind of half-heartedly yeah. kicking stuff my man like <laughs> to me like, like i was like oh this is gonna be sick and then that happened and, oh never mind <laughs> in, in my mind what i think they it should have been more stylish where like maybe like show the blade going and then have like you know either an effect cut the building in half or yeah. like d- do something to display that like uh it doesn't make logical sense but it makes like cool sense that oh yeah this would cut this building like right in half yeah you know, like, so like to my mind of... to my mind what Gigan with a buzzsaw in his belly does to buildings is walk through them and the buildings fall apart yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is like any Godzilla does that. Come on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one more element about the monsters that I, th- I think is kind of notorious, but I think fits is the speaking between the monsters. Yes. The fact that there's multiple scenes where they talk to each other. Now, I know you watched the VHS version. Did that version have the speech bubbles or did it have uh, them actually? talking out loud to each other oh the the dub i i have only ever seen the word bubbles once on a youtube video uh okay the dub is them speaking to each other and also they are mixed to be around the same volume as the record scratchy noise that they're making so it is in fact incredibly hard to understand what they're saying huh. <laughs> uh and also they're both being voiced i believe by the same guy um, yeah whose name i had uh ted thomas uh, uh ted and the way he's doing their voices is he's doing the thing uh, that this is a weird little reference, but like that that uh, Beast Wars Terror Soar yes uh, did as a voice <laughs> where you try to at times speak while inhaling yeah yeah so his his Godzilla voice is like Angerus and it's like really hard to understand him because then Angerus's voice is him trying to do that in reverse so he's like what do you want and it's like. And so it's those voices, but beneath, like, yeah. and when they're in the water, that's like, you can kind of understand them on Monster Island because they're just talking. The scene when they're swimming, 
you can understand Godzilla a bit once, but then it's all of that noise combined with swishing ocean noises that are also mixed <laughs> at the same volume level. Yeah. So it's just noise, and it's yeah, really it's hard to deal so, with. So you, yeah, in the Japanese version, which, which credit to uh, Criterion for like putting up that you know the original version unedited with the subs. You know they have like the speech bubbles come up. And it's mm. in the speech bubbles, like, I, I know some, some Japanese, so I was able to read what the speech bubbles say, and like, okay, yeah, these, this is just pretty much exactly, you know, uh, I was used to the old VHS myself uh, mm. as a child, um, and, you know, the, basically, like, it's exactly the same. Like, they're saying the same stuff. They translated it perfectly fine. It's just a lot easier to understand it when it's just a speech bubble with text and then subtitles underneath that say, like, hey, something funny's going on. You better go check. Uh, yeah. Instead of, like, something funny's going, you know, like fucking yeah, Popeye. It, it's <laughs> so weird. Like, Angerus's voice, too, is the weirder one, because Angerus is so quiet because he's doing this, like, kind of squeaky, scratchy voice. Uh-huh. Uh, and, I, I mean, yeah, like, as far as I know, this is the only time they ever did this kind of thing with the monsters. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the, the only other time that the monsters... There's two other times that the monsters are shown to be speaking, but it's they're both done different. There's one in Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, uh, which is like ten years before this, where the monsters are talking to each other, but they're talking in like grunts and monster noises. And mm -hmm. the fairies that uh, you know are on, like that control Mothra or like friends with Mothra are translating to the people like these are what these monsters are saying. So it's Godzilla, Rodan, and Mothra all talking to each other mm -hmm. uh, about going to fight. Ghidorah. And then the only other time that there was a monster speaking is in uh, Revenge, Godzilla's Revenge or All Monsters Attack, where Minya oh, yeah. has the ability <laughs> to speak, but that's because it's in a kid's dream. Like, he's just imagining all of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and there's and Minya can just speak... You know, and in the English version, he has like a weird, goofy. I'm all by myself because like, I ain't got goofy. no friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, he has a weird, literally goofy from Disney type voice. Uh, so that's it. It's very bizarre that this happened, but it makes it makes a weird amount of sense with the speech bubbles uh, because they look they look very like manga y. Yeah. Know? So it it ends up working with the main character Gengo. Where it's like, oh, he's a manga artist, so it's it's weird. It it doesn't make too much logical sense, but it makes a kind of like lateral stylistic sense that like uh, this is how we are seeing these monsters interact. Maybe they're not literally saying these things to each other, just you know the monster equivalent of this, and it's being translated to it that like that way to us, yeah, through the power of these manga speech bubbles, uh, because that's a lot of the language that the movie was using at that point. Mm. I like that a lot of those, I don't know. I like how many night scenes, like you said, are in it. Yeah. Uh, I like it, when the, when the fighting is original scenes of fighting, it looks great when it's like stock footage from other movies. It looks terrible. Cause they're doing the, you know, day to night kind of thing. Yeah. And, and like kind of getting into my thing about the pacing, a lot of the stuff that I felt looked like stock footage or, you know, that was really clearly from other films, 
was never really, uh, in my opinion, it never really added anything no. uh, necessary, which just, and, and already the pacing was a little, with the monster stuff, was a little bit slow, like even in yeah, the action yeah. sequences. And then it was getting almost padded out with really visually jarring footage from other sources. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, if you didn't add all that in, I think the whole film would have paced out better yeah. and more excitingly. Yeah. The, uh, like the whole bit with anger is like grabbing onto Ghidorah <laughs> and stuff was kind of like, this is just really weird because all this is doing is reminding me that Ghidorah's otherwise just been standing there watching yeah, right? yeah, this happen yeah. this whole time. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> uh, that, that part is the only part I, I had any reaction to really and stuff outside of like the, the blood stuff and everything. And, and it really was just like, Oh, that scene was so good they used it twice and <laughs> stuff like that. That scene yeah, from Destroy yeah. All Monsters, they just had to they just had to use it again because Angris was here and uh, it... they they reuse a scene from Ghidorah the Three Headed Monster, which is a fucking dusty. Yeah, movie that's an that old. Point. That's like movie. Yeah. ten years before it, so that's yeah, uh, that's insane. And like Godzilla looks completely different in that scene. You know, he looks mostly yeah. the same in Destroy All Monsters compared to now. Because uh, they've been using that, yeah. like, they use that suit there for a few scenes in uh, Godzilla's Revenge and then in Hetera. Yeah. And that suit is wrecked at this <laughs> point. Because, like, <laughs> as Toby put it, Godzilla got into sloshing uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and got covered in a lot of mud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was actually going to bring up Hetera and say that... Uh, it's interesting because Hedera also has a really long monster fight sequence, but Hedera, the, the effect or the feeling that it gives you is very different because when Hedera, it feels absolutely relentless and almost like hopeless after a certain point. Cause like Godzilla gets his ass handed to him for so long and then eventually like it, like uh, it loops back around and whenever he finally does get one over on Hedera or figure out how to beat him and stuff, it feels so good. Like, it feels incredible. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the biggest reactions I've had to to one of these fights in one of these movies is like, I actually like kind of popped off and like went like, yes, and like clapped and everything. <laughs> like, it, it was really good. And uh, uh, whereas here, I was kind of just like, like kind of laid back, just like, all right, man, this <laughs> they're really just beating the shit out of that city is that like uh i will say like the 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 destruction does like like uh uh look for, i don't know the, the flames like again like we've talked about the nights the night scenes and the flames and stuff looks really great yeah looks really great but it's just not terribly interesting in the way it's shot and the way that it's mm-hmm. it's it's pieced together as like a longer uh action scene uh even yeah. the order of things like like yeah. my my kind of in my head, my actually save you some money and make a better cut mm-hmm. is um, narratively first for the city destruction scene. Only Gigan say that Ghidorah's orbiting the tower to protect it from the incoming monsters, and just have it be like we're gonna show off Gigan. We're gonna yeah, have Gigan yeah, wreck yeah. the city, and then during the fight, one of the other problems pacing wise that also makes the fight feel very um, without that hell yeah moment is they blow up the tower. And then Gigan just starts smashing Godzilla around some more, and then out of nowhere, Godzilla goes like, "No, nah, now nah, I'm good. Now nah, I'm mad." Nah, I'm gonna keep <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I feel like put Gigan smashing Godzilla around. It just intercut that with the tower shooting him, 
then when the tower blows up, have Godzilla go like, hey, guess what? The only reason you did that is because of that laser. Now I'm going to kick your ass. Uh, I don't know how you fix Ghidorah, really, other than, like, narratively just say that Ghidorah's having a weird reaction to the tapes mm-hmm. and is, like, kind of stalling out now and then compared to Gigan and, and, and etc. But um, I think a version of this movie that is where you remove a lot of the, the reused stock footage and just cut together mostly the night, like, like whatever fits with the night shots better. But primarily, like, just, like, maybe 5% of that stock footage, keep it in. Recut it, the movie will be a lot shorter, but I feel like pacing-wise, it would hang so much better with uh, the the human and alien plot as well. Yeah, Because yeah. that plot played out so well that it, it also, I think, highlighted how kind of bloated the monster sequence was getting in a way that wasn't in service to itself as opposed to what you're describing with hetera yeah where it's it's building a story that you're getting into this one was just like it felt like this is just long yeah and now it's over yeah and- yeah. <laughs> yeah the the uh i can say that i believe yeah this is just my speculation that a lot of the stock footage and like buffing up the monster stuff might have been from like whoever was in charge of toho at the time which, uh, as I as I alluded to, they were not exactly uh, in sync with what was going on with the creators at Toho, considering yeah. that uh, after Space Amoeba, the previous movie we talked about, um, they, like, fired a whole bunch of people <laughs> from there because the movie didn't do too well. And they were like, you need to figure out a way to make these movies more profitable. Mm. So I think, like, a lot of these decisions were made cravenly and mechanically uh mm. like we said with the the anguish showing up early to just remind audiences about this i think that it's to the credit of someone like jun fukuda that the movie still comes out pretty good despite all of these big flaws that could yeah. like really drag it down uh and, and in fact it did drag it down and did drag down other movies like space amoeba uh where the the human side of the stuff is so strong that like the lackluster monster stuff doesn't really like make the movie that much worse. So yeah. to me, I, I would say that like it's unfortunate for sure that they were kind of uh, put between a rock and a hard place to make this movie, but it's really cool that they were able to make still a pretty solid movie and like Jun Fukuda was able to make like his version of what an Ishiro Honda movie is, uh, you know, so so well and so fully realized, despite there being a lot of pacing pacing issues and a lot of like editing issues and things like that. So and, and, and that that is of the original monster footage that they did make, some of it is so standout. Um, like the the shot of Gigan standing amidst the burning buildings and kind of turning and looking around slowly. Yeah is a, a gorgeous, characterful shot that, on its own, makes me want to watch this movie, if it's shown to me Absolutely. on its own, like in a teaser. It's like, who is this kick-ass alien buzzsaw machine? Like, I want to know what's going on. Uh, and, and, you know, the flyby with the blood spurt is a very well-done animation scene done in live action to me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so there's like it is absolutely to the, to the credit of of everyone who worked on the original parts of the film, you know, most of it, but the non the non reuse parts that like even with all that reuse stuff in particular dragging down um the the monster element, there were so many standout shots uh regardless. Mm-hmm. Like there were some weaker shots that I think were just like you got 
the, these are existing just for the sake of somehow patching together the visual narrative. Like I, I yeah, I would say I'm not really into the shot where Gigan's kind of buddy tapping Ghidorah on the shoulder over and over <laughs> again. Like go, yo, check yeah. this out. We're gonna screw these guys up because I'm like, this is making Gigan look like like I don't mind Gigan like being kind of. Yeah, I don't mind Gigan being kind of a chump who can't win a fair fight, but I am not as into him literally going like, "Hey, boss! Hey, boss! Like, we're gonna, hey, boss! Screw this guy up, boss!" Yeah, I'm like, come on, yeah, get him, yeah, get him boss. Like, yeah, so it feels you're right that that feels weird. I will say that there's um in the early in the movie there's a few shots where I'm like, "Oh my god, it's like I'm watching a movie." <laughs> like, it's not to discredit any of the other. Uh, it, movies i think that they all have very interesting unique uh cinematography but mm-hmm. like there's a lot of more filmic kind of traditionally filmic scenes especially like oh my god we get to see them drive in a car to go from one place <laughs> to another and piece together uh information from different characters that aren't important to the plot necessarily like that kind of stuff it made it feel a lot more full of a movie yeah they weren't trapped on a, a fucking island with natives for the entire time they weren't you know uh inside of just a bunch of sets which may look cool but yeah. a lot of times and, and- it is you know it can be a little bit samey and a, and a really cool like like just classic uh, almost like classic for the era horror shot of the emergency lighting revealing the cockroach silhouettes. Yeah, very like good. The, it's, oh, it's real kind yeah. of ham fisted, but like it felt like like pre seventies. No, in a fun yeah, way. no, I I love that scene. Like I I I love that shot so much. I, I uh, uh I don't know. It, it was it was a super good. I, I love I love just the, the like yeah. the cockroach casting the shadow. It's 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 it that is like peak B horror type stuff. Like that is. That is what I'm looking for, you know. Very common writer. Very common Extremely writer-y, common you know? writer, especially like like kind of first yeah. first thirteen episodes era common writer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Well, I I think <laughs> I think I think we've said our piece. Yeah. On this I, movie, I got I got one know? more thing I got to shout out. Okay. This is this is the thing that okay. I, I never thought of as a kid, but I adored it in this. The, the elevator TNT plan. Uh, oh, it's yeah. so good. <laughs> Footnote, I like that those boxes had TNT and a colorful logo on them. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I, like I genuinely forgot. Yeah, I, I, I'd i forgotten that scene. And so when I was watching it, I was like, what's that giant roll of paper? And then when he unfurled <laughs> it, I was like, this is, oh yeah, hell yeah. This friggin' dude was like, we can do this plan. However, first let me draw... All of us, yeah, yeah, really well. It's some looping the third shit, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. And it was a really cool piece of artwork too. Yeah. Like I actually really dug that artwork, and it made everyone look like it brought out the kind of cartoony characters of all the human cast in a in a way that made me want to see another movie with them. I know there isn't, but yeah. it made me yeah. want to see another one. I, I I would watch I would watch more with this cast. Yeah, that that's a really. That's a really good point. And so is is uh there are very few of these movies that I would say that for, but I think this one I love the cast of characters enough to the point where like oh, I would definitely watch like at least like two more or something. Like <laughs> Well the 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 character Tomoko, mom, you know, the uh, proto Momagon. Yeah. Like I, I liked how they actually made a thing out of like that kind of you know throwaway line like oh you know karate then yeah. like when she just walks in on armed goons and they turn around for the era i thought this was pretty cool too she didn't go like oh no guns she was like 
the fuck? And just like went and just kicked <laughs> their asses. And then they ran away. And I was like, this is fun. Like, you got. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you got the brother sister who know their science. You've got the, the kooky manga artist. You've got the fun hippie who might know about aliens. And you've got, like, kind of laid back lady who also happens to know karate and shows no fear in the face of laser guns because <laughs> she's got fists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's such a good, good cast of characters that, again, like, I can't help but, you know. I'm able to overlook a lot of the, the glaring issues with this movie and, and heartily recommend it. It may not be the best movie that Jun Fukuda has made, but like we said, it's the most Jun Fukuda movie. And it's, you know, if if you're like us and you've enjoyed movies like Ebi Horror of the Deep, uh, Son of Godzilla, uh, even Godzilla's Revenge, even though that wasn't him, then you're probably in sync with us and you can appreciate this for what it is really like uh you know i'll talk about this because we have a guest here so i really want to drill down the fact that we really started this whole podcast with the notion of being uh upset how much godzilla fans take for granted their own franchise uh they throw it under the bus so often equating everything to just dumb monster action uh, and we we started we started coming up with this podcast when King of the Monsters came out, the American uh, mm. Godzilla movie, King of the Monsters, and we we're just so many fans were very defensive of the movie because critics would say like, uh, "Yeah, the monsters are cool, but it's boring because the human characters aren't very interesting." And then they would say, "Nobody's ever cared about the human characters in any of these Godzilla movies." And Nikki and I are both like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slow your roll. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Shin Godzilla was just a couple years ago. Chill out. You know, yeah. 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 I, so, I, I take I take issue with that kind of commentary mm-hmm. as well. Like not not enough to like really go like, hey, you shut up. But like you know, and it, it happened again with, with Godzilla versus yep. King Kong. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. a lot of the commentary kind of before you even say anything, people are like well, I mean, I was just going to go watch the CG to CG, and they write it literally like this. I was going to watch the movie where the CG thing fights the CG thing, and it fought it, and so I enjoyed it. And it's like, it's like you're you're kind of just nagging the movie so hard while you're trying to yeah, yeah, like, say like, how you liked like it. You, des- <laughs> you deserve better. Demand better for yourself. It's out there. There's 50 years of this that's better. I'm like, I promise you, it's so good. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm a I'm a Transformers fan, and so I've been yeah. through, in fact, a, ma- a maturation of my own take on that kind of commentary with with the Michael Bay quintology, where mm-hmm. I started off, um, you know, in 2007, I was you know younger than I am in 2021. Turns out, <laughs> uh, I know I'm kind of weird in that situation, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was very much a, like, oh, come on, it's just a popcorn movie early on. And then, like, I kind of grew to understand, like, you know, there is still, like, granular criticism within the realm of something that I'm coming to primarily for, like, loud, bombastic um, action. And there's also, there is cri- critique of the harmfulness of a film, even if its goal is to be, you know, quote-unquote, dumb. Yeah. Uh there's a way to do it that is not harmful, and there's a way to do it that is, and there's a gray zone in between. And there, there are actual conversations to have about it, and this thing that I used to say all the time of like, oh, it's just to turn your brain off. That's the other quote everyone yeah, says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, that's actually 
that's that's cutting off tons of conversation that is completely valid, and it's it's giving a break to movies that don't deserve it, and it is um it's kneecapping movies that don't deserve yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, you know, I don't even look. It, we'll talk about the American Godzilla movies if you pay us <laughs> go to our Patreon. Uh, but, but you know, I'm not even trying to like rain on anybody's parade if they enjoy those movies. There are there are many reasons why I don't enjoy those mm. movies beyond you know the boring humans. Uh, I think that like a lot of the treatment of like Godzilla in general and like the way that they treat the idea of Godzilla as a series and like you know. In fact, there's like no Asian characters in the movie. Uh, I've, I've actually gone into this on more than one live stream <laughs> where I constantly preface, and I, I I don't mind doing the preface because I agree with you. Like, it, there are obviously ways to enjoy those movies, and I'll always be happy to tell someone with no, you know, with with no hiding it. Like, my favorite Michael Bay Transformers movie is the fourth one. Yeah, for for various reasons. However, that's also the one with the deranged legal age of whatever yep. of consent. Yeah, 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 which is no good. That scene's no good. The in short, the reason I like the fourth one is two reasons. It's the most honest one, and it also is the one that does not have the military as the the soft protagonist of the movie. I think that's yeah. I have partly why I, like I haven't seen one. it, but I think I already agree. I think I'm like yes, I'm on your side. <laughs> uh. Yeah. But, but, like, you know, as someone who, like, I have ways that I enjoyed all the movies to a degree. Like, the, the fifth one is the only one that I didn't have a lot of fun even in the theater. Um, mm. But, I so so I have made time for those movies. So, so when I, you know, I'll always lead with that when I then say, I haven't enjoyed the, whatever the universe word is for it that they have for the, the current Godzilla the and Skull Island stuff. Yeah, the MonsterVerse has bounced off me incredibly hard. Uh, and, and because of that, like I have, like I said, I, I have had this conversation now a whole lot of times where I have to, I always, I always want to tell people, I, in fact, I'm not trying to change your mind even on the movie. Yeah. I just want to explain why watching, um, uh, watching a Japanese man, uh, set off a nuclear device <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to resurrect specifically yeah. Godzilla mm-hmm. was making me really uncomfortable in the theater good. for various <laughs> reasons and yeah. and that it's not an indictment of you if you weren't uncomfortable it you might yeah. if you didn't notice it, you didn't notice it that's fine i'm just explaining why i didn't enjoy that thing that yeah. much and then you know and i looked i looked into the versus movie and i checked on a few specific things and i was like i know i'm not gonna like it so i didn't watch yeah, it yeah yeah because it, it felt like especially currently with with um, you know, a pandemic and quarantine and everything. Like, there's a lot more shared experiences of like the big fandom movie is at, so we all gotta watch it, so we have an opinion. And of course, and yeah. GVK had that, and so I had a lot of folks kind of surprised I didn't see it, and so I just tell them like, well, the reason why is because of rolling expectations no longer making me want to spend money yeah. <laughs> to see what happens yeah. next. Yeah, uh, it's all, it, it, and I don't think anybody should blame me for that because you know honestly like yeah i I think that there there's many many reasons to validly criticize those movies and again like i just want to reiterate that this whole tangent is because i think that this movie is a perfect capstone of like the exact opposite (laughs) 
<laughs> what those people were talking about were like the monster stuff is like, all right, can we just get this over with? By the I want to know what Gengo's doing. <laughs> and then the yeah, the hero stuff is like, oh man, I'm so I'm like genuinely interested in the the mystery of figuring out what the hell is going on with child land or children's land or whatever. Like, what yeah. are up with these aliens? Where do they come from? You know, all of this stuff. These characters, how are they going to solve this problem? All of that is far more engaging, and it's and it honestly like makes the movie so great. So, again, thumbs up to to Godzilla versus Gigan. Anybody else have any final thoughts? Oh, just one one. I want to throw my my usual peace offering because I always feel like I have to do yeah. that when I start talking about King of the Monsters. Uh there are gorgeous visual spreads in that movie that look like a lovingly painted storyboard poster image in motion, and I think it absolutely deserves credit for some of those shots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, there's some gorgeous stuff in there. I agree on that. I agree on that. It's uh, uh, they do a decent job of like uh, of of making of making the monsters feel godly. Um, but uh. Mm. uh that, this this movie did a decent job of making a certain cast of human characters Ooh, feel pretty godly. Yeah. Though. Ooh, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. My my final thought here, uh, uh, first on the on the whole Hollywood conversation, it was uh, <laughs> I just wanted to say uh, uh, if Beast Wars could do it, why can't Hollywood? If Beast Wars could be could look the way it does and 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 be like super thoughtful and interesting and 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 uh, and everything, and, and and then like you have these. You know, even though like it's very dated for its time, and you know had constraints and limitations and stuff, but that you know, but then you compare it to these uh, to these Hollywood movies with 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 bloated yeah. budgets and stuff. Why why can't they do? Why can't they what Beast? Why can't they do what Beast Wars did? <laughs> yeah, that's a question I'm always asking. Beast Wars. I mean, if Beast you go into the, if you go into the rumor mill, yeah. uh, there's a, rumors going oh. all over the place about. Blah, oh blah, man. Blah. <laughs> but I, the Bumblebee movie was good. In case anyone yeah. listening ever skipped it, because they thought it was part of the whole yeah. mess, it actually yeah. isn't. It's it's on its own. Uh, it's its own do, thing. Do, yeah, do, yeah. do you think we're in for Truck Not Monkey Part Two if we if we get Beast, if we get Beast Wars and, and on the silver screen? <laughs> well, to, to get to, to briefly touch on that tangent, here's like my hope and my fear. My hope is that Bumblebee did so much better than apparently they thought it would, given where they kind of sort of squirted it out. Yeah, that um allowing for that tone is going to be the goal going forward. Yeah. My little fear, I think because Bumblebee was a, a little bit kind of left to go die on its own, that's how it ended up having some of its qualities. Yeah. And my, my worry is that when you try to make that happen uh, as a money producer, it, it usually doesn't. Yeah. But it, it's, it means that Transformers has a nice open canvas now. And uh, I assume Godzilla on some medium, has a nice open canvas, too. Yeah, yeah. I don't actually know what's up with Godzilla uh, uh, right now. Uh, they, they should... <laughs> in my response to the whole, like, like after Godzilla vs. Kong ended and stuff, and it's kind of supposed to be the last one and stuff, there's a whole lot of response that was like, uh, uh, people started to hashtag of restore the monster verse. Continue the yeah, 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 yeah. And, I'm, and, I, and I was like, we should have another hashtag that's just, let Toho do it again. Like, I think Toho's got... I think I think Toho should should <laughs> yeah. take another crack at it. Because, like, we, we have Ano. You know, he he did Shin, but like that was very much a one-off, and I'd, I'd like to see him take another crack at, or not him take another crack at, but I'd like to see Toho do do their own thing, get get some directors together, probably Shinji Higuchi again because he's 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 a golden boy uh, uh, in in the realm of Tokusatsu, but uh, 
I don't know, I'd, I'd like to see Toho get bought, get back on it, but I guess we'll have to see if that, if that actually materializes. Uh, uh, but, um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, as, as far as Gigan final thoughts and stuff, Jun Fukuda's done it again. <laughs> maybe, maybe this one doesn't yeah. hold together as much as, uh, uh in, in terms of the monster action department as some of his other features and stuff, but man, I, I just, I like this, I like this guy's work. He's, he's kind of batting a thousand for me ever since he's, he's jumped yeah. on the scene. I'm like, wow, like these are fun like movies. I like to hang out with these movies. These are good movies. Uh, so <laughs> Yeah, uh, I want to know what what Jun Fukuda would do in like an ultra Q mm, kind of setting of like insane. Tokusatsu, but without like a hero monster or hero character, and more just like in this sort of uh, visual um, uh, motif, but telling like sci-fi stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd um, be interesting. Uh, I'm actually yeah, check, I'm checking his Wikipedia in case he actually worked on all. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't know it either. So I've, I've, I've no, I've no reason to disagree with you or anything. Yeah. So, all right, we can finally wrap this up. This episode is pretty long, but that's okay. We had a lot to say. Always happens when things. I show up on, on other people's oh, shows too. It, so it, it technically is up up to par with my usual <laughs> side effect. So, Chris. It's been lovely having you around. Why don't you go ahead and plug yourself before we get into all the boring Patreon stuff? Hell yeah! Go to mine. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, go to his. <laughs> um, well, I'm uh, I, I'm I'm on uh, most platforms as either Vangelis or Vangelis Central. I'm on YouTube. Uh, always kind of us. Van- used to be Vangel One Us, and I, I was able to change it to Vangelis Central, Ooh. but I think Vangel One Us still. I, I never checked. Yeah, but yeah. if if it's Vangelis and it's about this kind of stuff, it's probably me. If it's Vangelis or Vangelis Central, I, I do YouTube stuff. I, I, I post a lot of nonsense on Twitter. I got an Instagram. Um, I also uh, host and edit the TFW 2005 Transformers podcast, uh, even though like I that, that's been in a weird place for the last year, but we're still doing it. So uh, that's mm. that's a fun place to chat about some Transformers. Uh, the podcast, at least. like Forums are sometimes a little bit like, Hoo, but... We're all on the internet. We know how that goes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. Also, if, if you're down with mini painting, I've been doing hobby streak for my own kind of oh, mental yeah. health. But that's that's been fun. Um, and I've been on some Toku podcasts. Before. I've been on a bunch of Henshin Justice podcasts back in the day. Uh, if, if you feel like going and digging those up. I don't think we talked about any kaiju stuff that I can remember being on. Mm. But uh, I think that's my whole spread. I've got my Twitter stock post has all those infos, but you should be getting in on, on these folks, Patreon, because you're literally listening to their podcast. Yes. And that would be pretty rude to go like, man, what a nice <laughs> podcast. Time to go to someone else's Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if you, if you want to know about, about our Patreon, uh, we've got a few different tiers going, uh, right now. Uh, so we have a $1 tier, uh, that is, uh, Sorry, that gets you uh, uh, every episode of this show one day early without any ads. So you can just get just the, the fresh, hot takes <laughs> straight, straight beamed straight to you uh, uh, a day early, a full 24 hours. And uh, 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 on top of that, we also offer every two weeks we do a uh, off-topic podcast where we just kind of recommend or don't recommend 
uh, certain things we're just getting into and stuff. It's very much like a, like me, me and White just kind of talking and and uh, 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 just talking about whatever, whatever video games or movies or whatever. Uh, uh, White's on a real uh, uh, Universal Monsters kick <laughs> at the moment, but uh, Ooh, yes. <laughs> but uh, uh, that podcast is called Shit Shooters, and uh, uh, it is exactly what it says on the tin. Uh, for five dollars, you will have uh, access to. Uh, all of our mini series that we do, uh, we at this point we should be finished with a mini series on the original Common Rider series from 1971. Uh, that is a whole Odyssey, so that is a 13-part podcast where we just kind of are talking uh, 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 for for a very long time about <laughs> about Common Rider and all the different stages and. Uh, uh, forms that it takes and all the different uh, death-defying stunts that we cannot believe they actually got Hiroshi Fujioka to do uh, yeah. <laughs> for money, <laughs> even for money. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, there's also a $1,000 tier if you're rich and you want to, like, just load off some money or something. I don't know. Like, I'll take a 1000 bucks. So I just have that on there. Yeah. Uh, no one's taking it up yet, uh, and I don't expect anyone to, but but if, if, if you're rich and, and you don't want $1,000 anymore, I, I'll take it. Um so yeah, that's the Patreon. You can also find me on Twitter at anti underscore laser, and uh, there I just I don't know. I just post about stuff. I've been posting about Psychonauts and stuff. I've been playing that. That's a, that's a fun game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'll probably be posting about JRPGs and stuff by the time you're looking at it. But um, uh, yeah. And oh, and I do another podcast uh, called uh, Pod Spirit, uh, which is uh, with my friend Hazel. It's about music because we both do music things together uh on on mm-hmm. the the net label pop spirit that's a whole lot of things to plug but that is just about it there uh Wyatt, what have you got to plug what's going on first i want to say uh, pertaining to this episode and our guest that there's also at the moment of recording but hopefully not of the release of this episode uh a single episode of uh, a side series that i want to do want to continue with my good friend cody briscoe called robots in disgust where we watch and do a very similar thing where we watch every single one of the michael bay transformers movies and talk about them in depth he's somebody that has very limited knowledge of transformers i'm somebody who's you know obsessed with it so like i know i i know this well he does not so i'm forcing this forbidden knowledge onto him and you can you can get at least the first episode of that Hopefully we've done a second episode at the point that this this comes out. There's a not. lot to talk about with the second one, though. Like that oh, is a whole, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, there's a whole friggin' history that has nothing to do with the end product you can talk about with that man, second one. Holy yeah, that, that's going to be a good episode when we finally get around yeah, to doing yeah, it. Yeah, uh, 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 that, that second movie, uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm not on that show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you could spend an hour just talking about the writer's strike of the 2000s. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. Because of how much it relates to the film on so many levels. Yeah, uh, yeah. I also, uh, by the way, I, I give a guided tour of Transformers Age of Extinction. I've done it three times. Um, usually it's in person, but uh, if anyone wants to wants to sign up for one of those once the, the lockdown is over, you know, I'll be handling those at, I guess, my apartment. Um, I'll I'll be we, we got we'll a booking system. Yeah, I'll be first in line. Let's go. <laughs> Let, I, I'm I'm down. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, you can find me at twitter.com/wazbranger w a z p ranger. Uh, a lot of the times, I talk about uh, I talk about video games. I talk about Dragon Ball a disproportionate amount. Uh, I talk about 
cartoons a lot because I'm a huge fan of Western animation. Uh, and if you want to hear more about my hot takes and constructed yet still hot takes on Western animation, go to my YouTube channel called It's Only Magic. I talk about cartoons on there. D did two episodes about the spider monkey duology of the mid-2000s on Cartoon Network. Camp Lasso and Mind Your Partners a Monkey. Mind Your Partners a Monkey, I was able to do an interview with Julie McNally Cahill, one of the creators of the show. Uh, so that one is, is good. Look out for that. Also done one on, I've done some videos on anime like Gurren Lagann and Promare. Uh, so check that stuff out if you enjoy what you hear here. So, Chris, one more time, thank you so much for being here. And, it's uh, been a blast. No it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, it's been an, it's an excellently long episode, so I hope people get to sink their teeth into it in this longer-than-usual episode. Uh, but that is going to do it for now. Until next time, I'm Wyatt, this is Nikki, and our gracious guest, Chris. And we'll be signing off, and next time we'll be tackling the bizarre fever dream of a movie that none of us even knew existed until researching for this show, Daigoro vs. Goliath. <laughs> See you there. Obagon! <laughs>